I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Yeah. I love that intro. I never get tired of it. Ah, Diva Danielle. Danielle White. Uh, Amazing DJ and graphic artist, visual artist, um, editor that did that. So anyway, hi everyone. Welcome. If you happen to be new to this podcast, glad you found us. Uh, love connecting with everyone here. We've got a great community. We've been going strong for a long time talking about the awakenings and navigating, mapping it, experiencing and expressing it. So uh, if you're new to the program, um, in the beginning, I do a little bit of a, a, a talk. Some of it's channeled, if I've tuned in before, um, answer questions that people have either uh, emailed, text, or put in comments. Um, and if you do have questions or comments, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com is the number to use, or the uh, email to use. Um, yeah. And if you want to connect with me more, um, best to do it either Instagram, YouTube, threads even. Um, but I'm on Instagram and YouTube a lot. Um, and all, you can always ask, you know, whether it's readings, topic suggestions, whatever that you want in the comments because I really read the comments. I do not read really even IG messages you know, the DMs or Facebook, because it just gets too junky, so I just don't even bother going there. And you can always email me, again, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com or connect at soulplayground.life. It's another way to get in touch with me. Um, also, love it if you would subscribe to Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube, as well as Awakenings with Michelle Mache podcast on YouTube. That would be... Um, Super duper fun. <laughs> I know it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And also, if you want to do a deeper dive into um, all the topics that we talk about here, as well as dream work, uh, lucid dreaming, astral projection, metaphysics, the occult, spiritualism, um, I do have a Patreon community that I'm very active in. And in fact, the Soul Path Journeyer tier, we meet monthly. I give um, some information that isn't anywhere because some of it's actually too controversial to put out on beyond the barrier wall, the veil, <laughs> you know, um, because I've been censored before, so I'm, I'm not doing that. I will at some point, but if you want what's going on collectively, earth changes, what's going on with the cabal, what's going on behind the scenes, what's really going on. And I have a very 
good track record with the predictions, the visions that I've been guided to see with, from God, from the spiritual hierarchy and the oversouls. Uh, so that's something that you want to help navigate your life with. And if you want to open up more as a soul being, express and experience more of your soul and your soul path and blueprint, that's an option for you. As well as if you kind of like want extra support right now and maybe even go as you feel like it, like self-study and, and understand more about the awakening. What's happening? Why is it happening now? What's going on? When did it start? What does it mean? What does it mean for you? What really is a soul? What is spirit? What's the difference between soul and spirit? What's your higher self? If you've been asking those questions, or how do I connect more to my soul and my soul path? How do I connect to my soul purpose? How do I find out what my soul's purpose is? How do I live more from my soul? How do I manifest more of what I want, my dreams, my goals, my visions? If, that, if any of those questions or more you've been asking yourself and you want just additional support, I would suggest my Soul-Centered Living self-study course. It's 27 videos. There's meditation, clearing work, shadow work, hypnotherapy, channeled info. Uh, there's just a lot of information that you have. For six months, you get the course for a whole year. Go as you want. You can... Rewatch videos and, and weekly. Every week you have um, a tutorial, you have a focus, you have something that you're learning and how to bring it into your own life, and then you have meditations and processes and exercises to support you. There is a link of that on my Instagram page, which is my name, Michelle Mache, and you click either the flow code or I, I think it says bio flow something, but there's two links there. Uh, one is to the key codes activation, what are key codes, you know, what are your key codes. That's another, that's something else that's pretty amazing if you want to do that as well. Um, but, yeah, you can find that in the Instagrammy uh, link there. Um, there is a direct, um, and I love having videos. I'm a big, I love, I love audio notes. I love videos. I love written stuff too, but, huh a little drinky of my my decaf latte I made with coconut milk and almond milk mixture. Uh, but I like to get things in bites, and I like to read just a little bit. It's funny because I, I don't know if it's three years old, two and a half, three, I started reading. So I love reading. And, of course, I've written books. But I do find, like with study programs and things, if you have the visual, and I love like just reading just a little bit and having a video or tutorial, and I love meditation or meditation processes. Um, and that's why on my Soul Insights and Tarot channel on YouTube, I always do a little mini attunement meditation, you know, alignment or attunement meditation. Um, for people that are coming to watch the video, I mean, you don't have to. You can skip over it. Everything is time-stamped. But even though I tune in and meditate and am receiving messages from the guides and the oversouls, I still do a meditation before because it really gets me in that zony kind of aligned uh, vibe. So if you have a question or a comment or you want a reading, that number is 347 347-539-5122. 347-539-5122. I'm just going to go over a question. I actually did a deeper dive on this for my Patreon um, soul 
community. But I want to touch on it here because I've had a few people asking what are, you know, symptoms or signs of awakening and as well as ascension. And you may or may not know, so if you know this already, just let it go over your head. Um, Or maybe you hear what I'm saying in a new way. So the awakening, and that's why you're seeing awakening everywhere, awakenings, awakening. Those of you that have been with me for the beginning, we've been talking about this since, I don't know, I've been talking about it since 2005, and I think maybe even earlier, and then this podcast has been going on since 2007. So literally, really what's happening is the soul of everything. The soul is starting to, is we're awakening to the soul. The soul has already been there. Some of you are quite awakened to your soul. But we're not. But as a collective, we're not. As a collective within the structure and, and systems of the earth plane, there's very little room. There has been very little room for the soul. And in fact, I can remember when I first started channeling information on this in the 90s, people didn't want to hear about the soul. They just only wanted body, mind, spirit. Yeah, that's it. You know, the closest people wanted to get was maybe you know yoga with the spirit and. And that's because part of that is because the soul implies, to some degree, on an ego level, a limitation. Because when you really connect into your soul, it's the understanding that you have a blueprint and you have a destiny, and certain things are destined to be, and certain things are fate. And it's a, it's about living out that blueprint to the highest vibration of you that you can. And we connect into the soul level through the higher self, through the the higher vibrational aspect of us. The more that we connect into that, the clearer we are, the purer. Not not like good, bad, or nice, but more in integrity, right? So basically, the game on earth is changing. There's a radical shift moving away from the whole idea of separation, original separation, original sin, that we're separate from source, that we're separate from God. And then we have all these intermediaries, whether it's the government, you know, the, the, the priest, the rabbi, or rabbi, um, the medicine man, the medicine woman, the shop. We have all these intermediaries, which could be fun, the president, but they're all these parental figures that we're taught to look up to and and only only source our information from there. And we've, and, you know, I don't want to get too off topic, but, you know, we came up against this in the Atlantean and, you know, Lemurian times. Basically, there's just been a major disconnection from source energies, from a true connection to source, not what you believe or read in the Bible or other, you know, religious texts. Those can be fine for guiding, you know, whatever, you know, this is a slam on religion, but it became a replacement for an active, true connection to your soul and to source energies or God or the all that is to create a life of meaning, to co-create. We are co-creating all of us right now, this world, this universe, all parts of it, planets, everything. You know, I read. I was listening to something earlier today, and someone was saying a reading, and I love the reading I was listening to. But they said, "Oh, would the planets make us do certain things, or we have certain influences?" And it's not true. It's it's just so amazing to me. I can get channeled information or information from God from my visions or the Oversouls, 
and it can play out months ahead or years ahead, right? Or I can get that information. And then later on, before I, be, I don't even look at the aspects. Then later on, I look at the aspects astrologically or numerically, and it adds and it aligns to what's going on. So astrology, numerology, those things, they're not making anything happen. It's just a lens or tarot. It's just a lens or a way of seeing what's going on universally. It's not making anything happen. It's a language. And it's a way to tap in. You could do it with anything. You could do it with the I Ching. You could do it with the playing cards. You could, you know, you can do it with anything. Sacred geometry. You can do it by what you see predominantly in your life through synchronicity. What messages are you getting? So this awakening is, is connecting us to the living earth, that everything within the earth and universe is, is alive and living and, and is aspects of us and parts of us, and we're in this dialogue with it. But this awakening is happening in all sectors. It's happening as a soul level, a spiritual awakening. It's happening um, in seeing behind the veil or the curtain of untruth, in religion, in education. The biggest part of the soul awakening is the relating pattern, how we have been taught since the beginning at least of written history of how to relate. And if you look back even thousands of years ago, if you look at the ancient Roman, Greek times, the ancient biblical times, it doesn't matter, Mesopotamia, have the same relating pattern. We've been doing the same game in relationship, power under, power over, overpowering, bullying, I don't like you, off with your head, this, that, warring. That's what's trying to change. That's all based on separation, separation of self and separation from each other. And that is that belief that we come in with a sin or we're marked or that being on the earth plane is punitive, something you did wrong, you came from another planet because you did something wrong, you had to come back because you did something wrong. So it's all this separation from really life itself, from source energies, from God, from the innate infinite intelligence of the all that is. So if we kept on the trajectory we were on, we would be in extinction. So literally what is starting to happen is like not to go into extinction. And we have a lot of, you know, our starseed soul brothers and sisters helping us. You know, there's a lot of help other dimensionally, planetarily to change the, this experiment, if you will. Now, what is... And I'm going to go into this a bit, but also then what does ascension mean? A lot of times people think, oh, ascension means popping up. You know, you're just going to be so high. You're going to not be on earth. You're going to be another dimension. But all dimensions are here on earth. They're only separated out by vibrational frequency. It's possible to experience other dimensions on earth. I mean, I have. Many of you have heard me talk about it, and I'm sure a lot of you have as well. So ascension simply means extending or rising in consciousness so you're not stuck in extremes of duality, which means in extremes of the polarity plane. That's why you're seeing a lot of extremes right now, extremes belief, extremes behavior, and it's going to ratchet up. It's going to get it more intense till then it finds that middle way or middle, that middle ground of understanding so those people that believe that they're just even metaphysics, you know, people that quote-unquote feel themselves spiritual or metaphysical think, okay, we're going to someday not be on earth or we're going to just pop up or we're going to disappear. That's all based on control mechanisms 
in changing the allegories or the 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 um the myths and stories of the bible and and other um well, all the main religions, unfortunately, have this misinformation, and 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 we know there's wars on it. Whether it's Islam, oh, you got to do this and this, and then you're going to go to this great place somewhere other than here in the sky. And I got news for you, that doesn't happen. At least in my experience, from having two near-death experiences as a shaman working with people that are crossing over, as a bereavement counselor, <laughs> having people cross over working with guides, you know, it, the, the saying heaven is here on earth or could be is true. Now, are other dimensions or other planets, in a sense, easier and don't have this drama? Yes, of course, because part of what we're here to experience on the earth plane is our emotions, the emotional body, which is the correspondence to the astral body. So if you look at each level of, of celestial bodies, the denser, what they call metaphysically the gross body, which is what we see here, you know, the, the form, material form, you know, on the earth plane. Then we have the etheric, which is lighter. It's kind of like before things manifest, they hang in the etheric. Then there's the astral plane, right? And then there's the Akashic, and then there's the Buddha plane or the, the spiritual plane, the spirit realm. And then we go from there into the all that is, subsumed. You know, there's always a part of us that's in that, that place, so we're playing things out astrally, the Akashic. We're playing out astrally, our blueprint, as much as, as, much as possible. But, but is there a weird thing that happens on the earth plane called wounding and, you know, and, and, and not seeing that shadow and light are both the same? Because on the earth plane, things to manifest have to come through duality, the electrical and magnetic aspect of creation or you could say the male and the female, right? You've got a male prong that goes into a female plug, right? So everything is based on that one-two principle, binary. But then a third, there's, that's why three or the triangle is so powerful, or even like the Empress card in tarot, if you really tap into that energy, it's creativity. But you have to have that electrical magnetic component and coming together, or the masculine-feminine, coming together, it, those two, out of the two, there's a third. And that's what we're creating in this ascension process and the awakening, or the awakenings, all the awakenings that are happening is what's being birthed is the third way or third wave. We've been stuck in the first wave and the second wave of creation. But now as we tap into the third wave, what it's going to bring is a lot of new ideas, through that power of thought. That's what the Aquarian Age is, through the power of thought to find the third way, right? So it's not right and left. It's not male or female or masculine, feminine. It's not uh, Labor Party and Tory. It's not, um, what is it, uh, Republican or Democrat. See how we've had all these things that have been, it's this or it's that. But when you open up to the soul and the higher vibrationally that you extend or expand into, you become less stuck in the this or the that. You start experiencing and and both. It's not either or. You start working with the multiplicity of things, but you see the multiplicity comes from oneness, that there's one source. So metaphysically, the maximum is um, from the one comes the, well, no, wait. Out of the one comes the many, and from the many is the one. So 
and that's to me what the internet is about. It's like understanding the interconnectedness through the subtle energy, you know, the interconnectedness that uh, that we have. But now it's going to be playing in a game where we are very individual and individually focused. And part of what's ushering that in is that North Node in Aries, South Node in Libra, but doing it in the way that is also great for groups. So you're going to see a lot of new communities and groups New, I, I predicted it six, eight months ago. I said, and I've been telling my clients, don't get too locked into just certain things, even on the Internet, you know, certain apps or platforms, because there's going to be big changes, especially in social media or how we connect, what we view and how we view it. There's just, a, there's going to be some, you know, outlier technology and platforms that, um, really burst forward because the people want it. Aquarius rules the people. You know, it rules the individual. And I always said what you're going to see, the biggest changes, you thought 2020 was something. (laughs) It's going to be nothing, 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 nothing. Um, Because Aquarius also rules the individual, and it's it's co-ruled by Saturn and Uranus. So, yeah, we've been playing around very low-key. I mean, I know there's been a lot of change and it's been shocking, but we've had Pluto and Capricorn. We haven't gotten to the root of the issue, the root of the problem to get to the creative solution. It's not institutions. It's not the government. It's not the cabal. It's not the Bilderberg Group and all. It's not. It's us. We're co-creating this by our thought forms and how we act and respond. And so what's going to start happening in that Pluto Aquarius is radical self-honesty and, and radical individuating and shifting. People getting out of the system no longer, or certain systems, no longer following certain systems. Because Aquarius both rules the individual or governs the individual, but also the community and groups, groups of like-minded individuals. So I, I just see right now, it's so powerful, even right now with Venus retrograde in Leo, and you could just feel that energy. It's trining the galactic center in Sagittarius. You know, it's a, it's a, there's a square to Uranus in Taurus, which Taurus wants to hold on. Taurus is an amazing builder. It rules Earth. But Uranus saying, is saying, free up. Free up from what you've been creating or holding on to. Free up from what you've been building. Look at your worth. Look at your value. What do you now want to build and create that's more in alignment with the soul? So the the shifting is going to start happening a lot faster and a lot more intense, and I'm sure a lot of you are feeling it. You know, definitely call in, let me know. So what are some of the symptoms that have been coming up? Because we we have new ascension and and awakening symptoms right now. Sensitivity, hypersensitivity. Your sense of smell improving, your eyes, your, you know, your eyesight, touch, certain fabrics you can't wear, certain fragrances, can't be around certain people or certain situations because you can feel it more energetically. So we'll be kind of dialing, you know, what will happen with the oversensitivity is you'll get used to it and then it will be integrated within your being and then... It, certain people or certain things won't bother you right it's just that right now it's like it's like a little tender to the touch it's like a a, you know it hasn't been totally integrated so you're probably noticing a lot more um 
more empathy, really feeling what people are going through, having more compassion and understanding. Even if you don't like what somebody's saying or doing or don't understand it, people are starting to see, oh, that person's really messed up. They're, they're really in their wounding right now. And it doesn't matter if they're just, you know, a, not, a regular person, you know, just the friend, the neighbor, a family member, or if it is a prime minister, an MP, or whatever you're seeing, you're seeing their, un, their unhandled wounds, their inner child. People are becoming more transparent as to what they are really doing. And that's going to be for all of us. This is also when you look at human design, the path that we're on right now is transparency. Because in transparency, there's truth. Now, that doesn't mean we have to reveal everything. Oh, I did this, I think this, oh, I'm this, or I have this problem. No, it's being more transparent with yourself and showing up more authentically. And so what's starting to happen is you're going to start picking up telepathically, energetically, oh, that person's lying, or they're not what? They're, you're really just going to start seeing the truth. And especially with, with leaders, people in leadership positions, their trip, their game, if you want to call it, is going to be much more transparent. You're going to be able to vibe on it more. Why? Because a lot of you have been doing a lot of deep diving, a lot of emotional healing, counseling, therapy, hypnotherapy, repatterning, shadow work, da 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 So you're clearer. So you're like, yeah, I got a shadow. Everybody's got a shadow. Shadow and light. What's the big deal? You're like more self-loving and self-accepting. And when we come from that place, we're not projecting out as much, clouding things, so that all we're getting is a mirror. So you're going to start seeing the perception. You know, I actually have on my website, soulplayground.life, a couple blog posts on this and actually a a few processes that you can can copy and paste them. about taking back projections. And, and what's been kept from so many people is that this world is not just about projection. It's not just about mirroring. If you're angry, or rather if you see somebody down the road that's angry or you have a day and you're bumping into a bunch of angry people, that doesn't necessarily mean you're angry. You, you could also be in perception where you're perceiving something. So we navigate through this earth you know terrain through both perception and projection when we connect into the higher vibrational frequency of us and get out of the extremes of duality we're not stuck on either pole right we move out of extreme projection we begin to perceive more that's when you become more psychic that's when you can open up to other dimensions you can get multi you know, dimensional information, have multidimensional experiences. But you're seeing more. There's more of the clairs coming in, right? Clairaudient, clairsentient, etc. So you're going to be feeling a lot. And, and again, the, the sensory perception is picking up. So a lot of you may be having awakenings psychically or, you know, healing energy. Now, it can, as you ascend, it can also slam you in one or two ends of the polarity plane where you see where you've been stuck like wow i you know in a way we've all been kind of taught to be a little lopsided like we walk around leaning to the left or to the right you know leaning to thinking or feeling like over feeling our through our life being in emotionalism or being cut off from the emotions and overthinking things or using the physicality to not have to feel you know like 
instead of feeling your emotion, I'm just going to go for a run. I'm not going to feel what I feel. I'm just going to do a yoga class. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, or I'm going to overeat. You know. So all of that is being balanced out. So if you find yourself right now going, oh my God, I'm feeling. I'm. I'm. I'm doing something a lot or extremely. Then you're being activated for the ascension. You need to bring your awareness to, oh, okay, what am I really feeling right now? What just happened? Who, who's been around me? And what do I need to do to balance it out to get back into that midpoint? Another thing that's good to do right now is ask yourself, is this really how I feel? And sit with it for a while or just walk around, do things, you, you know, in your everyday living, whatever you have to do, and then come back to that question. Because in the movement, things move around, not only in your own local mind but in, in your, and in your body, but etherically around you, and, and it can help you connect into universal mind or divine mind. So part of what's going to happen is living more out of the non-local mind. And this is why you see things like AI, although with AI we've got to be aware that it's just a rehashing of information. Like when you talk about ChatGPT, ChatGPT4, um, it's aggregating from what's already been done. And that can be fun and that, that can have its place, but it's not going to be the answer because the, the true great innovation, inventions, and ideas, yes, to some degree come from what we've been before, but the, our ability to tap to go beyond race consciousness, that's everyday consciousness, mainstream consciousness. That's where we've been living. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's great to have, you know, I love technology. You know, one of my license plates was called Mystic Tech. However, let's be very clear that it is not infinite mind or divine mind. So those of you that can play in the realm of thing, you know, AI and virtual reality, chat GPT-4, however, not make that your God. <laughs> make, make, don't make, if you don't make that the end-all be-all and you can still tap into your universal mind, get into non-local, because chat GPT-4, that's still going to be local mind, guys. That's not universal mind. That's not infinite consciousness. It's programmed, and that's part of what I will say they in quotes, because that's a whole other topic. I'm deep dive on Patreon I do about this. That's what they want. They want because it's, going to be, it's already programmed, and there's already studies that's proving that. Even me, if you, you're listening to me, I have my own viewpoint. This is why it's important that we listen to a lot of different people, books, media. You know, take it all in, and it, does this resonate, or maybe later it will, or I don't know, a, a little bit resonates, but then you need to bring it back to you and tap into your own higher self, your own awareness, your own soul. You need to play around in your own side of infinite consciousness or the innate infinite intelligence but that's what's going to trip up a lot of people and that is a replay of atlantis where we get where a lot of people and a lot of us have come back this lifetime to redo it because giving our life away it's like oh yeah i'd like to go lay in you know in, in bali or costa rica on a hammock or i'd like to be in spain sipping my you know decaf latte you know, by the beach, and who cares what's going on? I have enough money, I have enough this, I have enough that. It's that exact attitude that gave it to the conformists 
and you can see it in the you can see it through the spiritual scriptures you know where we started getting separated right there were the money lenders <laughs> the ones that handled the money had the power so this is our time to really take back the power it's fine to have somebody else handle your money it's just like what you see with a lot of actors or you know you hear these stories sometimes with actors and musicians or whatever and they're like oh my god my accountant took everything my manager took well why cuz you weren't you didn't peek every now and then and go hey where's my money going that's what happened gang so we have to take accountability on that to change the game that's the only way the game is going to change is if we if we take ownership now it's not us this lifetime it's other dimensionally other lifetimes but you can see where the split is and that's part of the pr- proliferation of the duality that puts the extremes of the polarity plane you're even taught that in school high school now they do it earlier these aptitude tests oh you're oh oh you're an artist oh no okay so okay you don't need to take finance no 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 you don't need to know about that you're an artist oh okay okay oh you're getting a uh, MBA okay your business okay uh, oh you want less okay you don't want to take that course okay well just don't take the creative writing course because you're going for the MBA anyway. You know, don't, you see what I'm saying? It starts in school. You're a this, you're a that. You know, you're intelligent, you're smart. You use your mind. You know, you're an athlete. God forbid somebody is an athlete and also like a brainy. You know, it's like, oh, we're not taught that those can go together. You know, or I'm thinking, what's that woman, Maya Bialy? I think Bialik? that's actually a physicist kind of scientist and she was on some show i don't, I don't really watch I, I, I never really like sitcoms i just i'm not a regular tv person ever even as a kid i just thought oh my god the canned laughter ah, anyway but she was a scientist but we're not taught within the systems or structures of our everyday living the mundane world it's not taught and reinforced that you can be a lot of things you know, you could be a, a, a tattooed biker that is a ballerina. Who cares? The soul is trying to do. So there's going to be a lot of busting myths, piercing through. So you may feel your reality a little rocked, but you're also going to start feeling very empowered, like, I can do that. I can do that too. And that's what, in a way, the social media has done or podcasting. It's like freeing up on a soul level, like, why not? Get your mic. Do it yourself. But if you look back, it was, oh, you know, acting is hard or difficult. Or if you want to be on TV or radio, you know, that's a tough road. Not many people make it. So that's what a lot of big people have taught. Not many people make it. Take that banking job. Not many people make it. And I'm not downing any job, but a lot of people have wanted to do more than one thing or would have chose something else. But they got funneled in that narrow thing of what would be, what would quote unquote make it how you're going to make it or be successful. So there's going to be a lot of disruptions, you know, individually, but even for individuals more on thoughts, the thoughts and feelings of I'm just going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to make my own thing. I'm going to have my own, you know. I mean, And you can see it starting to happen because I watch a lot of things, on, you know, podcasts and videos, so interview, all kinds, right, left, whatever, conservative, everything. And then I, I'm seeing the signs of the awakening 
you're seeing how people are just saying, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do this, why not? I mean, there's even a thing now called a solo business person. Because back in the day, if you said you're a business person, oh, what's the name of your company? Or how many employees do you have? Well, snap, you don't have to. You can be your own business person, just you by yourself. You know, they call it your own brand now, right? So there's all these mainstream whippy-dippy names. But bottom line is it's the soul trying to come through and say, hey, let's have some fun. Let's do a variety of things. So there's going to be a lot of disruption within systems. A lot, you know, people, a lot of factions kind of fighting. But the disruption is also going to come in the beliefs of individuals. So you're going to find with these, as you send more, your beliefs are going to change. You're not going to be as locked in. And I would say free yourself up and, and don't be afraid to say, you know what, I don't know, or I don't know right now, or I don't know how to answer you or how to say this, or I don't know what to say. Because what's happening is there's a new part of your soul being activated as all these kind of shoulds and all this stuff kind of falls by the wayside through this shadow work. There is an integrated aspect that's very strong, very creative, very determined that's coming through. So you won't know for a while, especially between now and maybe February, March. You know, now's a really good time to build, to, you know, to reassess, dismantle things, start new projects, just try new things. It'll change. What you're doing is going to change maybe even between, you know, September, October and the end of the year. You'll get a refinement. But it is time to start kind of activating more um, because what you're going to see is there's going to be more confusion and chaos, and that's going to actually bring more opportunity. All right, let's get to callers, 347-539-5122. Oh, it's, I love it. I'm awake, Jackie. Uh, be wise. It wasn't the money that was being changed in the temple. Rather, it was exuberant interest for that sheep. Well, yes, soul is also soul. S-O-L, the soul. Um, no, it's not. It's the concept. You're right. Be wise in the chat. It's not the money lend, but it was to the ex- extent of the money being changed because we were taught that money is the root of all evil, and it's not. Money is just a form of bartering. It could some places it used to be cowrie shells. But it's the concept of control, whether you have a bunch of rocks or crystals or cowrie shells or chickens, because some places chickens are a sign of um, prosperity or abundance. You know, in the Nordic tradition, it was cattle. That's why you have the room fiu. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the idea of barter and exchange that you're penalized or taxed for, your services, right? It's to keep you small and stuck and, and not understanding the principles of the game. But once you start understanding that you are co-creating this and you move into your power and empowerment, that you can affect things by thought, the thought forms and the feeling tone energy, that energy in motion. Once you start doing that and you gather with others, it not only changes your individual life, those around you and those that are playing that game, it creates earthly and universal changes. 
it's kind of the same principle of doing a boycott where you just stop putting you, – they call it money, but it's not about the money. It's about the energy. It's about the intention and the energy. You stop energizing that system or structure. That's what it's about. Money is just a um, – it's like astrology. It's a, it's a language. <laughs> you know, if I have a $100 note, because I'm in the United States, or a 100-pound note, whatever, that's a language that communicates to you, an individual or a store or boutique owner, oh, she can buy, I, I have $100, oh, she can buy whatever is, you know, within that price range, if that's what I have, Right. So think about that. In the Venus, and this is powerful, gang. This is advanced metaphysics, I'm just telling you. It sounds simple. But when you understand that, that it's a language, it's something you're communicating. Now, when we open it up and say, I am more than just that banknote or that pound, I am more than my chickens, I am more than my cattle, then you tap into that infinite innate intelligence, that creative intelligence, which is based on solutions. It's based on survival. All of Earth, all of nature does whatever it can to be in pro-survival, to survive and to thrive. It goes towards the light, like the sunflower or any tree or any... So when you learn that, that it's, that it's like B.Y. said too, it's not just about the money. It's about... That's only one part of the languaging system. It's about saying, if you, just even starting to say, I am more than that part of the language system. That's not the totality of me, right? I'm not talking about paper. I'm using a debt slaves, whatever money is. No. Guys, don't be so literal. Be, be wise pants, whatever you are. It's not about paper. It's, not a, it's a concept. That's why I said it could be cowrie shells. It could be calves. It's it's it, it's not just pay, it's even Bitcoin. Don't don't fool yourself because that's a digital form, and that and that that has much more way of controlling people digitally. You know, I mean, trust me, the control mechanisms are going to be in there, and people that thought they were going to escape it, you are not going to escape it until we take responsibility to re reform individually, and that's for another day because I want to get to uh, calls, but. Just have a think on it, that you're more than what's in front of you. You're more than what your language says. In other words, me even talking, I'm much more than what I'm sharing with you because I have a lot of thoughts or other ideas or my life experience or my studies or my travels or living around the world. You know what I mean? You're not going to get all of that at once. But, the, but in fact, there's an exercise if you guys want to play. And then next week, next Wednesday, call in and let me know how it goes. Just what I did just now. I'm saying I'm much more than what I'm sharing with you right now, these words, these concepts. Take something in your life, whether it's what you're thinking or you're communicating to somebody like in a conversation, or you could say I'm much more than my car, or I'm much more than the, the money, or this Bitcoin, or digital currency. I'm much more than my Instagram page, or whatever. Whatever it is for you. whatever you're, And then take it back. What else are you? And keep going back, and keep going back. And if you keep going back in your mind to all the things that you perceive that you are, you're going to get a space of openness. You're going to connect into the void to a place that you feel what you are, but you can't describe it. You're going to get to that vortex 
that that place that hooks you up into the infinite intelligence of the all that is that that connects you in and you can feel a little bit more of what you are but it's beyond the words it's beyond the language it's beyond what you have it's beyond what you've done it's beyond what you've studied so that's the place I'm talking about, and that's what this awakening is about, and that's what the ascension is about. Because as soon as I'm saying I'm a this or I'm a that or I have this much, I'm in duality. But for creation, we have to have duality, and we're going to play in duality. It's not about that. It's about being stuck in duality. So let's, uh, that's a fact. You are what you speak. No, you're not what you speak. <laughs> Speaking language is verbal language can be very limiting. It's it is very it is very limiting. There's a place to us that is more than what we can know, and that's part of the soul's unfolding. We get to know this part of us. It emerges through us as that new emerging consciousness. All righty. Hi, you're on air. Oh, hi, Michelle, Valerie. Hey, Valerie. Welcome. Hi. Hi. I applied for a part-time position not far from home, and it's what I used to do. And I want to see what you see around it. Let's see. Are are you consult? Are you doing some kind of consulting work? What are you doing? No, it's an actual job. Job. Going into a job. Okay, but are you yeah. working with cl- customers or clients of some sort? Yeah, it's a healthcare center. That's- that's what I thought. Yeah, I see you getting it. Because it, it shows you either consulting or working one-on-one or clients or customers, some kind of representation yeah. or some kind of representative. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Oh, okay. Do you see when I'll be starting? I think hopefully before September. I'm not and sure it if it's then. Day. Yeah, maybe time of Libra could be. In, yeah, could be. Mid to end of September. Okay, yeah. because it comes with a uh, sign-on bonus. So maybe that was the check you kept seeing the check coming. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good. Yes. I, oh, my gosh. Let, keep us yeah. posted. Let us know. All right. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. It's Teresa. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. I'm hoping that you could help me unravel something. I know um, on the Patreon Instagram, I had talked about how I had gone over 2,000 miles for a job that did not work out when I got there at all. And I never did find out what was behind everything. And it's I, I don't understand it, and I'm just wondering if you see anything that may have gone on around this. Well, the first thing I get for you on a soul is you're rethinking things, so that that fit in. I wouldn't be locked into something working or not working right now. I'd be very kind of open, flexible, see what openings are coming in. Um I feel it has to do something with their finances because I do feel they really wanted you or wanted to bring you on board. Um, it's funny because it's right in that Venus retrograde shadow, which is very interesting with jobs or luxury items, the, you know, the, the retrograde, and then the, the Leo, that self-expression. Did they communicate anything to you? No, no. I had gone through a recruiting agency 
And what they did was they basically, at the end of the day, they sent me home after a couple hours of being in the hospital because they said I wasn't in their system and I couldn't do anything. So it was kind Mm -hmm. of foolish for me to stay there and literally get paid for doing nothing. So they sent me back to my hotel. A couple hours later, my recruiter called me, and she said they've decided that they don't want you to come back, but they will pay you for a a month of service because you made the trip and because it was their mistake. And they were going to find out more. Yeah, and in, but they didn't. In the meantime, I go home, and then I get a call from the recruiter a couple days ago who doesn't give me an answer about what went on, just tells me they tried to sit down and talk to the person um, that was their liaison at the hospital, and the person knew nothing about what went on, um, but they're definitely not going to pay me for anything. Mm. Well, it goes back again to what I was saying. I guess some money. I'm getting something with the money. Okay. So I don't know if they just don't have them. Well, without, I'd have to really um, – I, that this kind of question, I have to really kind of tune in a lot uh, longer and kind of remote view in their mind and see what's going on. But, but just suffice it, I feel that there has something to do with the money, either the money that they would have had to pay. It seems like signals are crossed. Between how much, I, I first of all, I feel also they don't want to use a recruiter. I have to pay a recruiter, so there could have been somebody there that was spearheading this and happy, because it does show they really wanted you, and that's definitely there. But something about the money, so it could be that they didn't have the money to actually pay, or realizing how much the recruiter was going to charge on top of you know your salary i think they're going to sh- i think they're going to get somebody in in another way or they already have maybe in house or somebody that's not from a recruiter that's my that's what i'm getting just at a, as a psychic flash of tuning in okay. because they don't want to pay that fee mm, yeah and that's why they're yeah. not and that's why they're not that's why they're not saying what it is so yeah cuz it was it was so weird because, I mean, I showed up and nobody knew who I was or if I was coming. And they literally had me sitting around for a couple hours. And then the administrator came in and she said, oh, I've, I've got, you know, some bad news, but we'll work it out. You're not in the hospital system. We have to put you in the system and that could take 24 hours or it could take a week. We just don't know. Yeah. So that's I'm why I'm saying say- I feel somebody said we're not doing it this way. But you'd are ah. whoever instituted or brought you over already had the ball rolling, and then it's like we're not going to. And this is a cautionary tale, I would say, for a lot of people listening. It's like because I've been seeing things with corporations cutting, cutting insurance, or cutting pe- how much people work, depending on you know which will determine what their um, perks are. Um, so, yeah, you're going to see a lot more contract or consulting work or people working, you know, more kind of contract-based, I feel. All right, Teresa, thanks for calling in. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Bye.
Ooh, let's see, we've got maybe time for one more before we get to our guest. I don't see our guest. Hi, you're on air. Hi, uh, Michelle. This is Ashil from New York. Hi, Ashil. Great to connect. I have a qu- question for you. Um, earlier this okay. summer, at the beginning of summer, I started talking to someone, you know, developing a friendship. Uh, the initial is uh, F, as in France. So I'm just curious, how do you see things moving forward from this one on? With what now? Moving forward with this friendship or potential relationship. Uh, let's see. I think it's good, but it says to take things slow. Are you guys just developing more of a friendship? Yeah, starting, yeah, just starting, you know, so. Yeah. So I would just st- stick with that. I, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know if they know what they, to be honest, what they want right now. So I would just take it show, slow, right? Okay. Um, without don't, thinking, yeah, maybe don't, Try to go, you know, set up something to go for TV this weekend. I should wait a little more, right? Yeah, you could do that. Just as long as you're taking it slow and keeping it more as a friendship for the now is what I'm getting. Okay. If you're doing that, it seems to, you know, seems to unfold well. To not push, I guess that's the best thing that I'm saying. They're not totally sure what they want, right? So... They may want to keep it more in the friend, so I would go slow and just and just you know just get to know the person. Okay, but do okay. you see potential at all? All right, Ashil, take care. Bye. Thank you. Hi, you're on air. We have one one more caller, and then we'll see if our guest is coming online yet. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. This is Debbie from Washington State, Puget Sound area. Hey, Debbie. And. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Thank you very much for this moment. I wanted to very much ask you um, if you were able to tune in to the cat that's in the house where I'm temporarily renting, um, sharing space. Um, the, the cat is a tabby. He looks like a Maine Coon, but he is a, he's a tabby. They call it a mackerel tabby. Sort of looks like a mm-hmm. raccoon, sort of looks like a Maine Coon. And... Um, He's very bonded to me. He comes to me with everything and sort of causes a lot of discord with the homeowner who, who's his rescuer. Um, uh, but he, he likes like, you. Um, well, yeah, and he knows. He that likes I'm you a lot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and he trusts me. He knows that I act on everything, and yeah. um, he seems like his. He seems like his right front. Uh, wrist, I'll call it, is swollen, and um, uh, this person waits on everything, so um, I'm trying to find a way to say more to her about this, that we perhaps shouldn't wait until the weekend, because then he'll end up um, not seeing his vet. He'll have to go to the animal hospital if you're going to wait that long. Um, you're learning Mm. I know boundary I've had similar experiences in my life with certain things and I'm Mm. looking like I would have fed the dog this or done this differently I I just say 
share your concerns, your um, – I, I did this morning, and then do. I let it go. Yeah, and then I yeah. let it go. Yeah, that's right. As hard as it mm. is, yeah. Um, unless you want to offer to her to take the cat in yourself, if you have the time, that's mm-hmm. another thing that you can do. Yeah, I did that three times already in the short time I've lived there. Took the cat in? Yeah, he wasn't well. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, I know it's hard. Animal beings, pets, cats, children, you know. Yeah. Um, I would yeah. just say look at what this is mirroring for you as to what you need to focus on in your life, and maybe it's knowing that you have a higher level of care, maybe you want to put that into your own animal being. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you're there, then it's taking responsibility to, if you're comfortable with that and she's comfortable, that you take the cat in. You know, you can have her reimburse you. Um, that That's all I'm getting. I don't feel it's anything psychic. It's more really more of a psychological, mental, emotional issue of what you do in that kind of situation, you know, and especially you, which our guest, by the way, is going to be talking about empathy. (laughs) You not only have a lot of empathy, you're an empath. Uh, It can be very challenging to be in situations like that because, you know, it's, it's, it's in one way it's theirs, you know, unless you intervene and want to take that role. And if they're comfortable with that, that is another option. Yeah, she must own everything, and so I, I just pointed it out, and then I, then I stepped back and let her decide what she wanted to do. I was just was hoping yeah. it's not like a broken leg or something, you know. No, but it's interesting that you've already taken the cat in a few times. I would just say you're going to have to find a way to find, um, you know, without closing take your heart it. down. Right. She couldn't take him in, so that's why it fell on my shoulders um, before. Well, okay, so all I would suggest is that if you're comfortable yes. with it saying, and it's bothering you, then taking responsibility for that and then just saying, if, if you're comfortable with that saying, I see this happening, I can take him in again. If you're comfortable with that, I'll make an appointment and take him in. And then you decide what you want to work out with the exchange. If she's going to pay you back or you're just doing it on your own, that's what I would suggest. Okay. okay. Got it. All right. Keep us posted. Thank you, Bye. Have a wonderful you're day. Welcome. Bye. You too. Bye. All right. Time for Awakening Dialogue. Hello. We've got Rob Volt with us, CEO of Ignite360. Uh, thought leader assisting to bring more empathy into the workplace. Boy, do we need that now. And also the author of Tell Me More About That. Yeah, Rob, my gosh. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hi. How <are> you doing? <laughs> Thank you. I'm well. Oh, my God. How are you, great. Oh, I'm doing great. Oh, my God. The corporate culture because I work with a lot of people that are not only corporate settings. You know what the worst is? And you probably already know this. Academic, academia, oh. <laughs> universities, Ivy League. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? Oh my gosh, it's really. 
Lots, so, lots of time spent up in the head instead of, you know, in the heart or in balance between the two when you're in academia, yeah. I think. Let me ask you before we dive in, because, again, uh, and I've even sometimes worked with uh, the CEO or the person that started the company, and then, oh, we want you to do these employee enhancement program, and but the thing is, it doesn't still change at the top. And so they're like, oh, nobody says any problems. I'm like, well, yeah, because the environment is, is, is not exact. You know, relax, open up, do some meditation, do some deep breathing, say how you feel. Not really. Not really. <laughs> is yeah. it possible and is it is it really changing? Is it possible and is it changing to bring really more empathy? Is it is it possible to, to change the dynamics of that culture? It, yes, it is possible. I think, you know, the easiest, it's not the easiest route, but the most effective route is to start at the top. And if you can get yeah. the CEO and the C-suite on board and understand, and, and there's, they, they, they recognize that they need to do this, um, that they need to put more, you know, they talk about emotional intelligence or EQ. Yeah. They recognize that they yeah. need to do that, but they don't understand, like so many people, they don't understand what it actually means to have empathy and how do you reconcile. I, I was giving it, I give keynote speaks, uh, conversations, presentations. I was giving one to Dell Technologies this morning to a team there. And somebody asked me the question, like, how do I integrate empathy into my decision making um, for the business? And that's a huge, huge hurdle that people have because one of the misconceptions around empathy is that in order to see the point of view or feel what somebody else is feeling, I have to give up my own perspective. And that's absolutely not Uh, the case. It's just another data point. It's a really important data point, but you still have to consider the needs of the business, uh, the needs of your customers, Mm -hmm. the other people that are involved. But then when you're able to access empathy, it can inform the communication or your decision-making, the way you ideate or solve the problem. And that's what will lead to a more positive outcome. And so Mm -hmm. for, you know, I think the, the organizations that have a leader that's able or a set of leaders that believe in that and are, um, have the courage to practice it, that's going to make it easier to trickle down through the organization. But yeah, doesn't mean if you're not in that organization, it doesn't mean that you as an individual shouldn't still practice that and be empathetic in the workplace because really what we're talking about is some kindness and compassion towards the people that you're working with. And it's ultimately going to make you more successful in your interactions with people. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Oh, we've got Jacqueline in the chat saying our central administration is so cold, no empathy. Yeah. Um one thing that you said, Rob, that t- kind of kind of illuminated something for me because mm-hmm. which tells me that people need an interface, someone to actually come in and and show how because that's where I've seen the disconnect because I have even like I said, I've even worked with people, whether if they're CEO or start of the company, whatever, or in that higher level, you know, management, they can have in session or with family, 
the empathy or opening up or being more connected spiritually or do the meditate, you know, all of that. Or have it, you know, have the programs for the, um, you know, the, the employees. It's, you just hit the nail on the head, and I want to know more about that. It's the, inter, it's the interface and the integration. How do I actually do this in business? I think that is so powerful because it's possible, you know, there becomes kind of a split of, I remember years ago somebody told me, well, it's just business. And I said, well, it's business with people. <laughs> right. you know, yeah, right. it's business, but there's people here. You know? um, yeah, he's like, don't take the decision personally. It's it's just business. I'm like, yeah, but it's, you know, supposed to be service. And, um, yeah, right. Service and, then the, the, and the way that you so, serve up bad news if you use empathy in some of your language and conversation, mm-hmm. it can soften that blow so that it, it can still be business, but you know, you can, you can uh, see, recognize, hear, validate the person that's sitting across from you that you have to deliver the bad news to. And it, it can change the way that they hear the news. Maybe if the really bad news feel about themselves, process all of it mm-hmm. and and it's a it's just a better way to move through the world to be to be honest mm-hmm. now when you're working with someone um let's say going in and doing some kind of program do you find overall then and not just the employees but let's say you know what we're talking at the top you know the management team and above do you find that then they're doing better in their position as well? I mean, are they feeling better about the work that they're doing once they kind of get the handle of this? Do you see changes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, You see better team cohesion. You see better decision-making. Morale can improve. Productivity can improve. Um, People feel like they belong in their organization if their organization, Mm -hmm. if they have leaders that are practicing empathy. Um, loyalty to an organization can also improve. Um, and all of those things are really critical, um, obviously, to um, building a, a more successful business. I think there's a, an imbalance in our society where all the messages that we are getting through you know, reality TV, through politics, through social media, it's all this winner-takes-all sort of thing. And we yeah. champion oh. the bad boy. And it's like that's yeah. not Ugh. the person we should be idolizing. It's that you know, notion of no. putting a false prophet or false god up on a pedestal. Um, it's, it, when you, one exercise I do with some groups when we're doing leadership work, I ask them to tell me about a leader that they really look up to, somebody that they you know, hold in high regard. Inevitably, the person that they tell me is not one of the sort of celebrity bad boy CEOs. It's somebody like their first manager or the person that mentored them and showed them the ropes Mm. that took the time to listen to them and see them and help them in their career. So empathy is a huge part of that because, and and so what's happening in that transaction or that interaction is the the mentor, let's say, that manager is helping the, the new person feel seen and heard and validated and helping them succeed, and there's you know gratitude that goes back with that, and a connection and a bond that forms through 
through that bond, there's more loyalty. You're willing to work harder. You're willing to stay at the organization. Um, and that has a lot more value for everybody in both directions than the, like, you got to work till midnight and make 500 phone calls until you get yeah. the sales lead. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Is that, so, so people need to help, need to have the self-awareness. And I'm thinking, by the way, that's why I could never watch that Survivor show. I it just cringed me. It was like, oh, gosh, just so yeah. pitting people against each other. But that's so celebrated, that narrative and that, you know, really that, that plot line um, in in life that that seems to be mostly what's perpetual, you know, that's what's perpetuated um, kind of in the, in the, even in the training, you know, so yeah. boy, it's, it's something to pierce that, um, that veil. Something you said that kind of whoop, piqued my interest. I love, you said mm-hmm. to practice empathy. So do you look at it as a practice? I, so empathy is something that we're all born with. Uh, the neuroscientists have found the parts of our brain that, that light up, but it's mm-hmm. like a muscle. And the, I, I, I love to talk in analogies mm-hmm. and metaphors and things. The analogy that I use is it's like a baby. Uh, when a baby's born, it has muscles in its legs that are going to enable it to run. However, the child's mm-hmm. going to need opportunities to strengthen the muscles so that it can crawl, stand, walk, you know, scoot, walk, and then ultimately run. Empathy is the same way. We need to give ourselves opportunities to practice, to have role models, to be put in situations as a child. I can't encourage mm-hmm. parents enough to let their kids have creative playtime to be bored and figure out what to do because every time a child is role-playing, that's actually a practice of empathy. They're stepping into the shoes of somebody else to be them. It's not mm. – you know, as, a, as a kid, I used to grow up in the 70s and 80s. I used to role-play Wonder Woman, absolutely love Wonder Woman. It wasn't me oh, as a boy. It was me as Wonder Woman, you know? So it's yeah. really stepping into her shoes or her boots and being her and, and, and embodying that character. So that, those are some of the things that we need to be doing so that people can practice it, um, strengthen the muscle up. And then, yeah, we have to have self-awareness now of what's actually going on and how we're showing up and engaging with people because it's really easy for our judgment to come out and be judgmental and, and cast aspersion at somebody. Um, but you've got to have the awareness, uh, the, the mindfulness, the metacognition of how you, what you're doing and th- saying and where your thoughts are coming from and having courage to make the choice to, to try a different path. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, the mindfulness or metacognition. I love how you put that. The cognition. And that, yeah, did not be that reaction, which is so the old model you know, the, the boss barking and yelling, you know, it's like, it's so the old model of like coercive control, you know, in the work right. really. Um, that is, that's pretty powerful. So, so when you're helping others learn this, whether it's in a, I, I would imagine business setting or individually, do you teach them to kind of step back and look and like decide like what's the better response or there exercises for this? Yeah, there are exercises. So um, in my book, Tell Me More About That, which is available wherever people like to buy books, there's 
what I call empathetic reflections at the end of every chapter. So each chapter tells a story from my own experiences um, trying to have empathy with other people. And in my job at Ignite360, we research, um, you know, go into strangers' homes and try to connect and understand how they think and feel and who they are. And you can be really challenged by that because of, you know, political viewpoints, somebody keeps a dirty house, other strange things yeah. happen that you're not expecting. And and so you end up challenged. So there's a lot of narrative storytelling that's in there. And then those empathetic reflections allow the reader to think back on their own um, situation and how they may have shown up or something similar in their own life. Um, and then in the, the when I'm speaking or training, there yeah, there are exercises like keeping a judgment journal. Um, and that's something people find really fascinating, like making note of when being judgmental came up, what was that situation, what prompted it, and how to how would you have phrased it differently? So it's always about bringing awareness to what's happening. And then we get into other things where uh, there's a, I have five steps to empathy. Step four is called integrate into understanding. And that's making room in your head that, hey, there are other ways of viewing the world, and that's okay. You want to be curious about it and be open to trying mm. to understand. And an exercise I use to bring that to life, um, we, I have, we play the ice cream game, as I call it. And so people pair up and they ask each other what their favorite flavor of ice cream is. And then imagine that they're going to a, an ice cream shop and they only have money to get one flavor that they're going to share. And they have to try to figure out what their favorite oh, flavor boy. is. Or the favorite oh. that they can share. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard. it's hard. Unless it's close I, to your ice cream scoop, but, you know, somebody could want, and, oh, God, you'd, something you'd, that you'd, you'd, you'd be surprised. I, you know, when we were first practicing this exercise, I thought, oh, there's, you know, half the room's going to have a match. Um, and no, there's, like, out of a large room of, like, 500 people, I may have three pairs that match, and everybody else yeah. is different. I, I did a... a I was on a TV <laughs> show in Utah, and we were doing this with the, the hosts the other day. And I asked them, and one favorite flavor was peach, and the other one was mint chocolate chip. And you're like, huh, oh. how are they going to find something in common? Yeah. But they asked questions of each other. They asked good questions. They listened to what people were saying. That's step two and step three of the five steps. And then they were ultimately able to land on, um, they, they realized that they both like things in their ice cream, the textural differences. And they recognized the nuts were something that they had in common. So they were like, oh, we could do like a vanilla almond and that that would satisfy them. Mm. So it, it's getting it down to its base sort of level. And then you can build up and find the solution. Okay. That makes sense. So let's roll it back. I've got, a, well, two-parter here. Let's look okay. at what is actually empathy, because I think there's a lot of different terms for that, but from what you've been sharing so far, it sounds like there's some nuance there that kind of expands the, the, the meaning. It's not just kind of feeling what the other person feels or needs. It sounds like there's more there. Uh, so if you can dive into that a bit. And then I'm wondering, empathy and compassion, same, similar, mm. different, part, Yeah. yeah. I got I got thoughts on that one. So, but I'll start okay. with uh, the different types of empathy. So, yeah, there are actually two different types of empathy. One is emotional empathy, and that's 
feeling the feelings of somebody else as they're feeling them. And then the second one is cognitive empathy, and that's the perspective taking. And so broadly, what we're using in our day-to-day life, whether it's with our neighbor next door or our colleague at work or our boss or whomever, it's cognitive empathy. You're not necessarily going to be able to feel the feelings of somebody else unless you are an empath or a highly sensitive person. Um, it's a lot harder for people to drop down into it, and emotions can be uncomfortable and scary for people. Um, so what I talk to people about is it's really the perspective taking. You're trying to understand where they're coming from, what's their point of view, what might be motivating them. And it's that empathy that you can use as you're communicating, collaborating, persuading, doing the things. Emotional okay, so you empathy. don't necessarily – do they, go, do they go ever go together do they yeah. the emotional cause? They, they, okay, but you but, think, but you don't necessarily have to have the emotional, and not, still you no. have empathy. Okay. No, not everybody is capable of dropping down into their emotions and it being in that space mm-hmm. as they are mm-hmm. being up in their head. It's kind of what we were talking about with the academics being all up in their head. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, or they and they have and everybody's different. So some people just have a block where they're not comfortable. uh, I talk about empathy. I have a slide in my talk where it's got a picture of some teenagers watching a horror movie in a theater. And it's like the E word that people are afraid of. And it's empathy and emotion. And not everybody is comfortable dropping down into it. I have a feeling your audience might be, um, but not everybody is. But you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. (laughs) You know? Right? Because some people are, yeah, more, more polarized through the mental and some more that I would say it'd be it's healthy psychologically if people can blend more but you're right not it some people are you know more mentally based or intellectually based and some people more emotionally yeah it's yes and I think finding that balance is kind of Mm -hmm. the ideal operating system um, for people that um, but not everybody can get there I do like to tell people, if you are an empath or a highly sensitive person, when it comes to empathy, it really is, and I felt like you were talking about this earlier as I was listening to some of the show, um, it's about setting the boundaries and understanding yeah. what your boundaries yeah. are. And, um, you know, instead of carrying a bucket where you're, you know, although the energy, if it's like water is pouring in, have it be more like a sieve. So, the excess runs out, but you hold on to the, the pasta in the water. You hold on to the stuff that you mm-hmm. need um, to, to do. And then it's also about understanding the self-care that you need to recharge your batteries. You know, and whether that's mm-hmm. meditating, yoga, playing with your pets or your kids, a walk in nature, watching, you know, your, your favorite TV comedy or something, whatever it is you need to recharge, know what that is, make the space for it so that you can keep your, your energy level up. Um, mm. But you asked also about empathy and compassion. Yeah, I'll talk about and Just let me interject one thing, a question. So it, yeah. it still sounds like it doesn't matter if somebody is coming more from the emotional or cognitive aspect. There still sounds like there's some mindfulness or stepping back in, in this process. Yes. Uh, you, the, okay. Yes, you need yeah. to have that awareness, self-awareness, mm-hmm. courage, um, 
practice and patience and then grace are the four kind of main actions around empathy and then the five steps are one of the things to practice. Um, but yeah, depending on the individual and how you're showing up um, and you know, it's a, in the business environment, it can be challenging if you're too far into the emotional space. Yeah. Um, you, need, yeah. you need to marry it up with facts and data so that it's not all heart-driven, you know, decision-making. You want to ideally find that head and the heart and working together because that's where the real conviction comes in. Mm -hmm. Wow, Rob, this is fantastic for anybody. I I really would say, because I feel like everybody, even a highly sensitive person, empath, whatever, uh, I could say I'm that, you, you have to learn the other. And I think both parties the polarity kind of run away mm-hmm. from the oh I'm just so emotional I'm sensitive I'm I can't oh I can't handle that and it's like well you give me your power away then or oh I can't feel that you know think about that it's only business so really it sounds like there again with that self awareness you're talking about it's really understanding ourselves and in kind of managing you know mm-hmm. yeah how we're how yeah. we're expressing yeah. And going, whoa, wait a minute, where's that thought coming from? And either explore it then in the moment or make note to like, go back and, you know, think about why I'm having those judgmental thoughts, for example. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's awareness of yourself, sensitivity to the other person, taking it all in. It's work. And I think that's part of why people don't necessarily want to use that muscle because it 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 does take some exercise. Yeah, but it also sounds like the way you're laying it out in your your practice and how you work with people in your programs and as well as your book, it gives people a way to do it. You know what I mean? Cuz usually it's conceptual. Even as a therapist, it's pretty conceptualized of how you do that. People like steps. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you can, right, if you can give people steps, they'll go, okay, let me try one, let me try two, let me see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, because, I, I mean, ultimately it brings, you know, people, I feel most people, when you don't overreact on one end or the other, you, you feel better about yourself and in your body and in your life. You, you have less stress, you know, because you're managing, yeah. you know, really your energy or your emotions. Um, so yeah. co- co- uh, compassion. So what is, because as you're talking, I'm like, well, does compassion come in or is it the same or similar or where yeah, would that so fit I, in or does it? So some some of the researchers would say that um, where there's emotional and cognitive empathy, compassionate empathy is the third area. I actually don't agree with that. I believe that mm-hmm. Um, compassion is something that's an outcome. You have to, you have to have empathy. You have to see what's happening, connect to mm-hmm. it, and then mm-hmm. the compassionate act comes out of that. Um, and it can be, it can be cognitive or emotional. You don't have to really, you know, feel the the, the emotions of the, you know, those the, the TV commercials that run with the pets and and all of that. Like you don't need that, right? necessarily but you can and that's a form of compassion where you're like oh my god i'm going to give my house to to the the homeless animals 
Um, but then there's also the cognitive side of it where you can just see this person needs assistance and I can help them. And that is an act of compassion um, as well. So empathy, I believe, fuels compassion, absolutely. But it, it, compassion doesn't exist all on its own. I think you have to have a little bit of empathy in order to spark mm. the compassion. Okay. Now, also, is it possible that we feel either compa- compassion or let's say empathy even for in one situation more than another or in one person or with somebody? Or is it kind of like, because even when you've said that situation, like, are there certain things that maybe someone's more, has more empathy in a, in a certain way Absolutely. than in another way? Is there, okay. So it's not just one. Absolutely. No, we're not. One we're way all, all the, to every all. situation. We're all coming forward and coming together with our own past experiences and the stereotypes, all the things, our lived experience and and our wiring of who we are. And so the things that we're going to connect to, what motivates me may not be the thing that motivates you. And that's okay. Um, I can get curious, though, and try to learn more about what it is about that that motivates you. Um, and have empathy with it and try to understand it. But, no, we're not all going to react the same way to the same things. Mm-hmm. But what about ourselves with different situations? Can that empathy fluctuate oh, as yeah, well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It can. Yes. Okay. And then this is where the, we, we come back to the self-awareness. And um, it's not in the book, but in my talks, I've really started to, to emphasize the importance of taking what I call a curious breath. And so mm. a curious breath is just taking a moment when someone's you know, coming at you in some way and you're just feeling, you know, that moment where you're feeling a little like, oh, wow, they're getting in my face. Um, yeah. Taking a curious breath gives you the opportunity to make space, just like you're making space in your lungs. It makes space so that you can turn things around, look at things differently, um, and make a choice on how you're going to respond. And that can happen in the moment while you're talking with somebody. Um, or it can even be, I, I, I was telling a story to the Dell team this morning. I got an email from somebody that I really did not like, and it generated a reaction in me. Um, but instead of responding right away, I took a curious breath, mm. and that breath happened to mm-hmm. last for three days because I needed to get my head reframed. But then come Monday, I was able to reply and have a, a more positive uh, uh, share intention in my communication in the way that I wanted to, not in a way that was going to get me in trouble. Mm-hmm. So a curious I know that. Is, is that right? So whether it's on the Yeah, I had to do that this morning. Take... So I know. I had to do that this morning. And I'm yeah, glad I did. We... I even had to go for a walk. Yeah. I think this is and great because so... it really gives people tools because I, I can say for myself, but also people that I've worked with over the years that quote unquote lose it or can't understand something, maybe they're becoming very controlling, but when you dial it down and you dig deep, they really do want to handle things better or have more understanding and, and, and not take such an abrasive approach. I think sometimes people do that because they either don't know, you know, they don't know what to do and they're losing it. You know, they're overly stretched or stressed or they don't know how to 
handle the situation. So they go into that, you know, very aggressive or gruff default position. Um, they, yeah, so it sounds like you're seem, really giving people the tools, you know, to not to to understand how not to do that. Yes, it's the tools to be more empathetic in your management leadership in any role in work. I've I've talked with sales organizations because empathy is really critical to successfully selling uh, things because you're meeting the needs of other people. I've talked mm-hmm. to leadership development groups. I've talked broadly to marketing and research functions. I've talked to just general, the full company. Um, because empathy, one of the things people don't understand about empathy, they think, oh, I've got empathy, yay. Um, but empathy is yeah. actually, it empowers the skills that we use and need to succeed mm. at being the people we are or that we hope to become. So mm-hmm. empathy is just the starting point, and then you use empathy in those other skills. And so, yeah, the, the, depending on where the need is and the focus, things get tailored based on based on the situation. Yeah, and it also sounds like um, there, if you and if you've seen this in your you know research that there is a movement. Maybe it's I don't know if it's slow or fast, but there is a movement for this. Um, in companies. I mean, I know I have people that I work with that are like, oh, now they're starting to talk about the culture. Gosh, you didn't even you didn't hear that years ago. You know, oh, I don't like the, the culture or this culture is more embracing or I felt they listened to me. Are you finding that people are wanting this more from the company that they're going to, that they're considering working for? Yeah, absolutely. P- absolutely. Job candidates are trying to assess that. I mean, they're paying attention during the interview process for how they're being treated and what they're sensing about the organization. And this move towards, um, you know, improved, enhanced EQ in the workplace, it's been going on for a while, but the pandemic really and the great resignation really accelerated it because so many managers weren't equipped to support their teams when suddenly everybody was working from home. And or mm-hmm. just have their lives completely disrupted if they weren't, you know, they were in a, a job where they couldn't work from home. And that lack of connection and feeling supported um, damaged the bonds between the employer and the employee. And so people were like, oh, yeah, I can mm. just go anywhere. Had they had more empathetic leadership and say, hey, how are you doing? Tell me what's going on in your life. Not just, you know, did you get this report done or did you do this thing? Um when you have empathy with the person, you're going to have that connection um, and then in- increase loyalty. Mm. Makes sense. Wow. Well, Rob, let people know uh, where to find, of course, the book. Uh, tell me more about that. That's where books are sold, Amazon, of course, online. Um, where can people find you if they have more information that they want to yeah. give you? Would love uh, to have people connect with me. I'm on Instagram and threads as uh, empathy underscore activist. So just look for empathy activist. I also post a lot on LinkedIn if that's people's thing. Um, a little bit on TikTok. And then you can also go to robvolpe.expert. So Rob, V-O-L-P-E dot expert is my website. 
And there's more information there. You can sign up for my newsletter, uh, which has lots of other tips and, and information. Okay, great. Thanks, Rob, for being here. Thanks Absolutely, for sharing. Absolutely, Michelle. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I've learned a lot. Took some, yeah, I've got some good um, insights and exercises here. So, can only imagine with your book. And I love what you're doing. I mean, you're getting in there and helping to make this a system better, which is great. Thank you. Doing it one conversation yeah. at a time. Yeah. That's usually how it is, isn't it? It's one it person is. at a time, one conversation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. You take care. Thanks for coming on. Great. Thanks so much, Michelle. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Wow. Well, good information. Um, that book is Tell Me More About That. Oh, such an important skill. And, you know, it's interesting because we talked, talked at the top of the podcast about increased sensitivity and I do feel managing, you know, we have managing our energy and motion, um, managing the mental aspect of our being as well, really, really important how to be in that mindfulness space. Um, all right, gang, thanks for being here. Uh, I've had a great time with all of you. Thanks for uh, those of you that called in as well, if you're listening later in the replays. Thanks for being a part of the community. We feel you. We feel you. We feel you. Um, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, I want to remind everyone is awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. That's the best email, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Unless on Instagram, threads, or my YouTube uh, channels, you can leave questions in the chat. But really, if you're going to email, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com or connect at soulplayground.com. But I don't, I'm not reading the direct messages, whether on Twitter, Insta, or Facebook. So, all right, gang, continue to shine your light, share your insights with everyone in the world, and keep awake. I'm Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings Group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.